So our uh, sermon series that we've been doing the last couple of weeks called The Dash, this is, this is a conclusion of that, and in that we've talked about The Dash, that, that thing that shows up on your headstone between the day you were born and the day that you die. It's sort of like the sum total of your life, how, how, how you lived your life, how you spent that time on earth, your dash. We've talked about how to live your life well. We've talked about it's who and how you serve, and it's what and how you give. And, and today we're going to talk about love. And uh, I think this is really the key of the three, the most important, to living your life well. It's, it's how you love, and it's who you love. Now, we talked about in our children's sermon, the light that shines out from us. Uh, Jesus told us that he expects us to love each other um, as he loved us. So we read in John, he says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So, so Jesus gives us really clear instructions. This is the new commandment. You are to love each other as I love you. Now, I mean... We're struggling with this just sort of as a whole nation, right? Loving each other. And so we, we need to be the place that starts, that, that we can love one another, no matter what our political beliefs are, no matter what the color of our skin is, that we have to love one another as Jesus loved us. And I really do believe that who and how you love really is the defining measure of your life. If you want to live a good life, if you want to have a dash that means something, love is the answer. How and who you love matters. But a key to being able to love well is your heart. I'm not talking about the physical well-being of your heart. I'm talking about that inner part of you. Is your heart hard? Is your heart open to love? I mean, the condition of your heart, how you feel about things, matters in your ability to love others and love them well. I mean, what you feed it matters. How you care for it matters. Are you giving it good nourishment? Are you giving it scripture? Are, are you giving it love from other people? Or are you letting the world feed your heart and tell you what you should feel and how you should be? A key to being able to love is the condition of your heart. So our text today, it's a pretty commonly preached text. It's the parable of the sower. We're going to be reading it from Matthew. Jesus taught in parables a lot. And he taught in parables because they can be really deep. They, they can have different meanings. It's why when, when you read the parable of 
the sower or the parable of or the story of the prodigal son for the 148th time, you can look at it and go, oh, I never thought of that. That's why Jesus taught in parables, because it can really have deep meaning for us. It can have a variety of meanings, sort of depending on where we are in our life and what our experience has been. This parable is a little bit unusual because Jesus actually explains the parable. Most of the parables, he doesn't explain them, but this is one that he does explain. So our text is coming from chapter 13, 1 through 9. If you want to read Jesus' explanation, you can go to verses 18 through 23, and you can read Jesus' explanation of this parable. But I'm going to read to you now from Matthew 13, 1 through 9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and so they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears hear. This is a story about dirt. Lack of dirt. The right kind of dirt. And so there's sort of two traditional interpretations of this parable. That the first is that Jesus is the sower and we are the dirt. And so our different states of our heart sort of make up what happens to the seed that Jesus sows upon us. The second interpretation that we are the sowers, that we as disciples, we're out sowing the seeds of Jesus, telling the story of grace and love, and that our story falls on different kinds of hearts. Hearts that are ready to hear and hearts that are not. But today I want to sort of push those two traditional interpretations away and say that this is a parable about our hearts. It's, it's a simile or a metaphor. Uh, English teachers, forgive me, I can't remember which is correct, but it's a story about our hearts and the condition of our hearts and then our ability to be that light of Jesus. So I don't know about you, but my heart has been in a lot of different stages throughout my life. I have had times when my heart was like a stone, would not be moved, didn't find much joy. I've had moments where my heart was kind of shallow, moments where, oh, I'm excited about that. No, I'm not really. It's sort of that shallow, that rocky soil in the parable, right? And I've had these moments where 
My heart is like this ground that's surrounded by thorns. And something takes root and it gets choked out. And these are the things of the world that can choke things out. Sometimes my heart's been fertile. And it bears fruit for the kingdom of God. My heart has been all of these things. Sometimes my heart can be all of these things at the same time. So um, I have a minor confession. Um, I sometimes dig chick flicks. I do. I, I like them. Um, I, and what I've discovered about myself is it's, it's the chick flicks that are about relationships. Not just romantic relationships, but relationships with other people. And so there's this one that has sort of haunted me. It's like when I'm flipping channels and I see it, I stop and watch it. And it's under the Tuscan sun. Anybody seen it? So it's about this woman who gets divorced and she kind of runs off to Italy to try to repair her heart. Her heart is broken. And so she takes this like tour by herself and she ends up at just the drop of a hat in some little Italian village buying a villa. And so she's no longer traveling. She has bought this villa in this little village in Italy. And she is now starting to put her life together. And so this is the clip where she has purchased the house and she's sort of discovering it. So we read in our text... Verse 4 tells us that some seeds fell on the path. It was a worn path. It was a place that was hard. And our hearts can be like that. Our hearts can be hard. Our hearts can be so hard that we, we have a fine, difficult time finding joy. That we can't find joy in a sunset or in the play of children. Our hearts can be hard. And when our heart is hard and dry, we really can't accomplish much for the kingdom of God. When we've allowed our heart to become hard and dry, it's hard for us to love others with, with the intent that Jesus has for us. To love one another as Jesus loved us. What is your life like when your heart is hard? I know when my heart is hard, I can produce zero fruit for the kingdom of God. So we're going to now look at a second clip from Under the Tuscan Sun. So she has now um, hired some Polish immigrants to come and start fixing up her villa. And, and they really sort of have become her family. And she cooks for them. And she's becoming, beginning to become attached to some people in the village. And uh, one of her friends from New York is pregnant and had sort of a falling out with her partner and has come to be there as well. And so she has gathered around here this group of not blood, but family that uh, are starting to fill her heart a little bit more. 
So verse 5, we read about the rocky soil. The seeds land on a place where there's just a little dirt. And the seed sprouts up and quickly withers and dies. You've probably seen these people. These folks who like hear the good news of Jesus and they say, Oh yes, I like this. And then they're quickly on to something else. They don't provide a heart that has the space for God's word to grow in it. You've probably seen these folks. And then we read in verse 7 that these seeds fall among the thorns and they begin to grow and they get choked out by these thorns. Of all of the places, of all the, the places for seeds to fall, this is the one that troubles me the most because that's my heart oftentimes, that, that place where the seed falls and it begins to grow, but, but it starts to get choked out by the thorns that are surrounded. Those thorns are the things of the world. The, the things that, that Madison Avenue is whispering in my ear are important to me. It, it's the things that, that I think are important to me, like maybe power or, or money. The, the things of the world can choke out the seed of God Seeds, plural, of God that are in our hearts. And for me, of all of the places, that's the one that really speaks to me and says, this, this can be you, Tyson. This can be you. Your heart can be a place that, that gets sort of covered up by the things of the world. Is your heart shallow? Is your heart surrounded by thorns, things that pull it away from the word of God, from being fruitful for the kingdom of God? Will the condition of your heart allow you to love God and to love others just as Jesus has loved us? What's the condition of your heart? What have you done with it? What have you fed it? How have you cared for it? So in our last clip, she's had a wedding. The young Polish boy that you saw whipping the pole around ends up marrying a local village girl, and the wedding was at her house, and her house is now beautiful. It, it's fruitful. Things are growing all over the place. I mean, she's embraced all of these people, and, and she's loving them openly and freely. And, and there was this old man that would come down the road, old Italian guy that would come down the road every week, and he would put flowers in a little space in the wall and she would be out on her balcony and she'd wave to him and wave to him week after week and he ignored her as if she weren't even there in verse 8 we read about seeds that fall on good soil if your heart is fertile if the soil is dip deep and rich 
and moist. There is room for God's love to take root in your heart. It's easy to make your dash count when your heart is full of love, freely given to others, when you are loving others as Jesus has loved you. When you love like Christ, it becomes easy to give. It becomes easy to serve. It becomes easy to make your dash count. I mean, this is when life is grand, when life is good. When you have those moments in your life, it's not just because you're lucky, it's because you are loving like God has called you to love. When you live and love like Jesus, it's easy to make your dash count. The previous two weeks, I lifted up for you two people who made their dashes count, William Wallace and Oscar Schindler. Now, you may not, your name may not be known throughout the world, but what you do with your dash matters. Not only does it matter, but it matters to your family. It matters to your children. And this may be a shocker to you, but it matters to your children's children and your children's children's children and your children's 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 children. The way you live your dash sets out a road for your family. Not forever, because each other person has to live their dash, right? But by serving, by giving, and by loving like Jesus, you can set a foundation for generations of your family. William Wallace and Oscar Schindler were ordinary man, men that did extraordinary things. You don't have to do extraordinary things to make your dash count. You just have to give, serve, and love like Jesus. Make your dash count by letting your heart be a fertile place for God's word to grow. Take care of it. Feed it things that nourish it. Love as Jesus has taught us to love and you will make your dash count. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, you are a God of love and grace. And sometimes we struggle with that. Father, open our hearts. Let them be a place that just overflows with your love. Let love pour forth from us like a fountain so that all that we meet can experience that love of, and grace that stems from you. 
Open our hearts. Allow us to love you. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.